0: welcome uh we are doing uh another live um if you were on some of we have some people here from the us some people from all around the world but uh this is kind of a repeat of last week so um we're gonna kind of go through some, some of the same questions um but i want to first introduce our ad leaks team so a lot of uh, people in the groups and ad buyers um and platinum um think that the ad leaks actually, you know, maybe one or two people, but we actually are a lot larger of a team than what most people think. Um, Many of us are on this call. Some of us aren't able to join us, but we have um, uh, Christian, he's a developer. So he's helped create the vault with Lars, who is also um, lead developer and actually created the vault mainly uh, with Christian coming and helping assist and actually also um, community lead CEO. And then we have Christy who is most of you know her especially if you're in the platinum group um and we have luke as you've seen him kind of around ahead of our visual um all video marketing and we have kyle who is content so he's the one spitting out all the blogs and everything that you see kind of going on um, if you are in ad buyers and you're joining us uh, you won't be able to participate in the zoom as you see all these people on here they are in our uh, AdLeaks private group so if you're interested and you want to kind of check that out um and learn more information. It's more of a smaller, tight-knit uh community. Um little bit uh little bit less spam, a lot more high level. Uh we have an awesome uh vault with uh over 30 courses. Um we have a lot of deals and you guys can check that out you can go to join.adleaks.com um and uh sign up and, and try it out so today we're gonna go over just a couple rules before we get started um, really quick We'd like for everyone if you're in the in the live in the zoom to have your video on um, and try to participate, Um, I don't want to be the only guy talking. So this is for us to all kind of collaborate um, and basically get down to the bottom of what's working now and and how we pivot as we all know, uh, digital has changed drastically, especially in since iOS, but even more, it seems the last few months have uh, been a lot more challenging, um, especially what's going on in the world and the economy. So we want to come together um, and that's why at is such a special place uh, for support and to really be able to strategize on what's working and what's not. Um, if you can put your real name in the display. So if you're in the ad buyers group, uh, we are using a streaming service, so I can't really see your names coming in. Um, so it's helpful if before you type your message, if you put your name, then the message uh, that, that helps me identify who's speaking. Uh, try to only speak one at a time if you're able to speak in the zoom. Um, mute your microphone if you are not speaking, please. So we don't get any other background noise. If you have a question? Go ahead and raise your hand or uh, and then we'll call on you. Um, And then also we have the chat feature in Zoom. So if you guys want to start preloading your questions in the group and also in Zoom, that works and we can kind of get get all that that going. So um, I'll go ahead and kick it off. So first thing I want to talk about just the change and pivot that's really happened in the digital world. I'm pretty sure most of the people in here uh, obviously know that it has changed and pivoted. So I'd really like to talk just a little bit about how you guys have adapted since iOS. Um, how has your strategy changed, especially more in the recent timeframes with everything going on in the world, especially with, uh it seems like there was a, some big performance dips with the stock dip with uh, Meta, Meta, it's weird to call it, I'm still getting used to that. So, and also just the change in behavior going on over in Ukraine and Russia so would love to hear a little bit about how you guys have started to pivot um, and kind of how that's all all shifted and and how you have just have mentally shifted your advertising strategy and game for your clients and for your own brands.
1: Anybody want to go, otherwise I can kick it off.
0: So I'll go ahead and start. We've really seen a big shift with, obviously really trying to focus more on on an omni-channel marketing strategy. Uh, We're really, really pushing clients to diversify. Um, Most clients that we have, whether they're big or small, are running on, uh, at a bare minimum, Google, Facebook, um, and we're starting to try and branch them off into TikTok. And we're also trying to which we really, really struggled with with clients is trying to shift their mental behavior and mentality of pushing them to focus more on a mayor mentality and an overall ROAS mentality, which if any of you guys deal with clients, I think we all know that there can be challenging at sometimes but that's been the biggest hurdle for us um, is them understanding that just because it's not attributing in platform that that's not driving the sales so. We're trying to really, really leverage third-party platforms such as Wicked to really, really um, uh, look at more of a longer strategy. Because I'm a really big believer in long journey, even if it's for a basic e-com product. Um, I can pull up screenshots now of Wicked and show you guys of campaigns that haven't been running for 30, 60 days. that have brought $20,000, $30,000 in sales because that first click happened outside of you know a 30-day window. And obviously Facebook can only track seven day click window now. So going from a 28 to seven day, you really lose a lot of that timeframe. Um, and that's for just a simple, you know, an e-commerce product. So most things aren't converting, uh, on a first touch basis anymore. So we've really tried to educate and shift. Um, and one of the things that we really shifted the reporting to for clients really as well, um, that I really, really actually do like um part of what they have to offer is triple well for their actual um just conglomerating everything in one for clients because we've had to really shift their mentality to focus more on profitability so um that actually makes it really really easy for them to put all of their shipping and processing fees credit card fees all of that stuff in there um so that way they can actually see it from a high level view of all ad spend and everything coming in so um in terms of um in platform strategy, um, does anybody want to? Does anybody want to chime in on that? Anybody have any comments? Anything they want to add? I know Shenny's got plenty to say. She's always talking in the group. <laughs> There's a smile. Nothing. Uh, yeah. So in platform strategy, um, we have really muted. So he was about to say something. Who's that? Jenny?
2: Oh, I was just going to say that I agree with you. Um, I think um, <clears throat> with the, the myrrh, um, I've been trying to do that with my clients and I actually talked to them before we even start about myrrh mm-hmm. and um, they've been pretty good about it. Um, just um, back to, again, that, you know, you're talking about the challenges of, um, you know, Ukraine and Russia here in Australia, we've had the floods. I don't know if you guys oh, heard. Oh yeah, I
0: forgot about um, that. Yep.
2: Massive floods in the last three or four weeks, which basically has paralysed everyone um, because there's so many people who have just basically lost everything. I mean, I'm from Queensland, so all the way from Brisbane, North, New South Wales, and Sydney as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I think we forget um, about that when we're dealing with clients and and the results go down. Yeah, okay, yep. we've all had rough, you know, three or four weeks with the wars, with the algorithm, with all of that. But then we we'll yep. also put that on there, and I think that's something that we need to remember to tell it when we're talking to our clients. Yeah, one hundred percent
0: agree. And and I think part of that is sometimes I think the clients think I'm full of full of shit. A lot of the times when I tell them like, hey, it's from the economy and it's from this and it's from that, like everything going on. I mean, gas prices have skyrocketed, but you mm. can really see a shift in trend, you know, and you can see it across the board if you if you handle, especially if you're handling, you know, a lot of spend, you can really really see it. Um, and we were lucky. I mean, most of our clients really understood it. Um, but almost, it seems like a lot, and I don't know if this goes for you, but a lot of the times, and I know she's on this call, Leilani, but a lot of the times it's almost us running their business for them because they're, they, some of the smaller ones, like don't even really know how to run their business properly and how to set actual proper goals. You know, they just think because January of they're, they're comparing March of this year to last year. Well, March was, you know, heightened COVID. Very, very few brands are doing the same revenue they're doing this year as they're doing last year as they're doing this year. It's just not. It's it's not happening. Some are very lucky. I mean, we've had a couple that are actually beating year over year, um, but that's due to a a high reoccurring buying. So all of those customers we built up, you know, they spend a lot of money on certain things and they have to keep fulfilling that product to fill the machines up. So. But other than that yeah. i think that's been personally our biggest challenge uh for sure i think it created
3: like a bubble that uh, like a expectation very very fast because of this initial this lockdown situation all over the world a lot of online companies receive double triple five times the orders that they did before and then just they got used to mm-hmm. it before it even like in, in a month or two or three months once they adopted to that they got super used to it and then now they can't understand that it's coming back to a little bit more normal because some people are even going out more than before so a lot of offline businesses, like cafes and everything they're seeing an increase because yeah. people now want to go out and meet up with all their friends more than they did so they another suffering on the other side and that's very difficult for them to understand they can't retain that same yeah. overall income right so it's really yeah. really tough right now and then when it's finally starting to some point balance out some places and everything's normalizing and everything comes War, all kinds of things economy high inflation uh, in many parts of the world so it's just uh it's it's so many different factors here that's on such a bigger picture facebook has issues the true effects of ios so there's just so many things but i'm super curious to hear from some people about have you had any good results like out of the ordinary have you had any super super bad results like this is the time where you can get some feedback from somebody else that might be useful. That could be more difficult to get in the groups day to day. So, anybody else has anything to bring
4: in, Chad? If you if you yeah, if you, you want to talk, just yeah, go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, yeah, it's it's Chad. Um, so I run a uh, a DTC brand myself. Um, I do everything, um, including the advertising.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so it's not, you know, hundred percent of what I do, but I've been running ads on, on Facebook for you know three, four years now. Um, and you know, it's, it's been up and down. But um, you know, I had a I had a killer January and you know, uh February was okay, but you know, these past few weeks, I've just seen my conversion rate plummet. Um, you know, I've had and I'm attributing it to the to the war you know my customers are mainly in the US um and i just when did it start when did you see the start the downtrend yeah i mean it was pretty much like right around you know uh the beginning of the month in march got it and we were, Okay. and you know i thought all right i had some new um creatives that i that i put in that were doing really well um and then it just it just tanked again um and like i'm seeing like my my click-through rates fine my cpms are fine um it's just they're not converting and i'm seeing mm-hmm. like you know people are coming to my site they're 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 adding to cart <laughs> you know they're they're getting to the checkout and i'm, I'm just like yeah this is yeah. not converting yeah. they i mean it's been year you know like i've i've enjoyed like a pretty good conversion rate on my site and um i'm just not seeing it right now and i i think it's just you know, people aren't feeling as good as they were. Um, yep. they're not, you know, in the same mindset of, you know, spending money, um, yep. gas prices, war, like whatever it yep. is. And, I mean that that's why they're it, uncertainty, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. the uncertainty, like the stock market's gone down, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, all these factors combined just recently, you know, I think is is really kind of bringing everything down. Um from a conversion rate perspective
3: i i think the positive news on this is that it's many times it's only very temporary for we're talking weeks and months before it actually recuperates because people get a new norm so they actually if you if you looked at also COVID very early there there it didn't ramp up with sales online even very very early even ju- just for the most necessary stuff but the luxury and nice to have brands they had a slower ramp up and that came in later because now people were like, okay, well, I'm not spending money going out and so on. So now I spend money. Mm -hmm. So the same thing with war and uncertainty and increasing back as oil prices are coming down, many things are happening that makes people, you know, start relaxing again and they will start buying again. But we also think that a lot of this is due to Facebook struggling and being able to actually find the right pockets of users to push towards at the same time. So it's like a double event that's happening here. And hopefully both of them kind of clears out. But I want to bring in some of the stuff that we saw from last week's uh, and we have that in the vault now. So if people haven't uh, seen it, we realize that today due to the US time zone and uh, not having as many people on, that's not necessarily going to be exactly the same, exact value on this call, uh, but there's every single uh, participation helps here. But some of the stuff that was mentioned in the last call were, Stephen Black was mentioning about creating content production and all of these things. So if brands can retain it, or if your customers are otherwise, like if you're your own brand and customers are otherwise doing okay, uh, and they can sustain this for a period, then maybe reallocate some of that marketing spend in doing long-term content production spend, as blog posts, and and seek other channels build up your organic, because that's always going to be a good long-term yeah. approach, obviously. So it is about pivoting over and, and and finding other ways of spending time and money to you know uh, do that periodically. You know, fix some of the things you in your business. Chat, for example, you know, fix some of the things you always wanted to fix but you always left behind because you had everything was going yeah. well, right? It's easy to say if you can't pay wages next month or if you can't survive. But uh, bottom line is, it's it's a good time right now to try to do some of those uh, things and then hope that it's not going to be more wall and even more related stuff to that, right? That that it actually starts shutting down.
0: Shannon, you had a question or a comment?
5: Yeah,
2: I I think also, is because TikTok's become so much more popular in the last, what, three, six months, I think yeah. user-generated content is becoming more and more crucial, um, especially for e-com brands. Um, I'm finding that with a couple of my clients who are just doing the what we always used to do, um, and it's just not cutting it anymore, uh, just the normal images or, or videos or whatever. Um, but as soon as we do something, user-generated content, it just, the click-through is just huge. So, and I'm just experimenting with that. I just experimented just, um, last week, or a couple of weeks ago, using a TikTok video in Facebook ads. And um, still, you know, she doesn't spend that much. So it's not getting, uh, it's getting good results. And it'll take a little while to do. But the click through is like, you know, between three and 10%. Mm-hmm. And it's easier
0: to do it that way then take a Facebook and put it on TikTok. I'd never that do that. Work, Facebook's yeah.
2: way too boring for, for, for TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> some of the other stuff, people, and I just said, like, in the ad, I actually go, as seen on TikTok, and people sort of think, oh, what's seen on TikTok? Because TikTok's sort of this you know, fantasy land type thing. So um, yeah, something like that might help with all that. I know we've got the instability and everything like that, in the world and i think the war just topped over what we all felt for the last two years and everyone thought they mm-hmm. were coming out of it so they sort of just crashed um and that's to yep. be expected. but if we can start doing some of these other little things that might mm-hmm. help i mean it's different obviously for each each business. and the
3: results you get you know they're going to give you a direction to build that content out even more on the other side so uh, what doesn't kill you make you stronger and that's the situation here is that if you can survive this period and try to innovate, or call it, uh, you know, pivot, or call it whatever word you want to use for it, but try to using some of the other things that you always wanted to do, but didn't really need to, because basic Facebook ads was running well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good when time to desperate. do it.
2: Now. Like when, you, when you're desperate, you try everything.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you start all the other things that you said, now nah, we're never going to do that. but now we're actually trying it right. So and then maybe you get out with the content uh, policy or content plan where you actually do for specific Facebook content, but TikTok uh basically you know based off of TikTok, but not necessarily taking the video and putting it all. that's just like a proof of concept test so to say right so maybe on the long term you can start doing more of that uh, and make it work better uh, but this is a good way to test it
2: and mm-hmm. and I think it forces us to explore TikTok because we've been so comfortable in Facebook. And I know for me, I'm just comfortable, you know, and I and it and it scares me to go into TikTok because it's so new and it's for younger people. And it's like, oh my gosh, how do I conquer this, this platform when mm-hmm. yeah. I've just got comfortable on one? And I think for me personally, it's it's been a, a hard thing to get out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah. but, um it's Luke and we- talk.
3: Luke can talk a lot about that and he could actually tell you a story about how Edix had pretty much zero followers on TikTok like six months ago. And I think we have like forty thousand, forty thousand, forty, forty one thousand followers right now. Just, and we have just from organic. Yeah, just organic. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, all, it's obviously good. difficult
3: to track track some of the results, but you know, many people think that actually just doing fully organic approach on TikTok can be working better than actually being paid advertising.
0: They just added uh like literally yesterday the ability to run ads so that you can get organic followers um i think it's like savannah sanchez i think said it was like uh 10 cents a follower so if you want to do that that's an option now um but yeah organic uh i'm not yeah i'm not sure how how well it will work because the audience is definitely different than other platforms but um there i mean all you have to do is be, be yourself and provide value that's pretty much
1: what the,
2: type of reach is is your followers getting for a video like you know obviously facebook's like two two or three percent what's what's TikTok? Uh,
3: do we even able to track that really we just see that when the good videos luke are making we get one hundred and twenty thousand views even though we only have forty thousand followers so and then some gets 1500 2 000 views so it's really about just continue to produce content and and just you know like luke said don't put too much into it it's really raw content and getting it out uh, mm-hmm. But my point were a little bit more to say, I think it's much easier to build that organic following, not necessarily it's the same quality as you would get on Facebook, or, or, or be able to reuse that or, or target that audience afterwards. But it's easier to build a following on TikTok uh, than it has been, for example, for ours, for Adweek specifically, you know, we don't have that many followers on any other platform. And we've been building those for years. And we didn't try to do anything on TikTok than six months ago. and by Luke just putting out some videos, we're just building it up really fast. If that is actually converting into it one, it's difficult. But Adlex is also a very different business than pretty much any business of any member that we have in terms of you know, selling a much simpler product or, or something like that. So our conversion is much more difficult because we're very specific specifically targeting a, a, a specific amount of, of, of certain people, right? Yeah. Where if you're just selling handbags, it's I mean if people like your ads and or like your your posts and everything you know you're pretty much in the pocket of the right people. Yep.
4: I got a I got a question about the TikTok demo. So it's on my list of things to do I need to get into TikTok um, and try it out but my demo is older people. Um, are you guys seeing results from um, you know at like over 40? Um
6: Absolutely.
0: Up to, yep. Yep, go ahead, Leilani.
6: Absolutely. There's a really um, a, TikTok is really good at um, giving people the right stuff on their for you page, and so there's a huge, gen, you know, generation Gen X um, group on there that are you know anywhere from forty to sixty, and it's a huge amount of people, and they're into things like home, um, you know, home stuff, cooking, and all kinds of things where you know, the people just really engage. Uh, Politics is really big too. I get served a lot of politics. I get served a lot of hot cops, like good looking cops. So somehow it's figured out that You know i i like that yeah exactly so it's really good um for you know (laughs) i mean i wanted to make you laugh i'm glad it worked but it's real like it really you know it's a real thing and so i think the algorithm on tiktok is really good i'm not sure that's the organic i'm not sure necessarily like i've heard a lot of success stories from people you know growing their brand in a conversion type way on TikTok because they created their you know content around it you know so that works really well like there's a ton of like Amazon um uh what things I got from Amazon that I didn't know I needed something like that and that's really big on there as well um but yeah but whenever we get back to Facebook ads I do have something to contribute but um Chad, if you're not following on um, either Twitter or somewhere, Savannah Sanchez. She it, on Twitter, she puts out a ton of content, um, okay. and a lot of things that because one of the things with TikTok that you cannot do is just create something. It has to literally be like a popular thing or something that's in line with what everybody you know use the sounds that are native to TikTok and, you know, make it have that familiar feel and they'll do they'll do really well.
4: Yeah, Okay.
3: I want to add to this, if there's mm-hmm. anything in the, like there's a lot of stuff in the world actually about TikTok, so we can post in a, a few things. If you haven't seen it the chat, there's a uh, course and Maxwell Finn has done different things. So there's a lot yeah, of good I, kick I've definitely,
4: definitely seen it, it it's out there. I, I just haven't had the time to go Right. And, and check I it I think the what happened with
2: It's really good. It's definitely yeah. worth doing.
0: Yeah, nice. The big thing difference in TikTok, I think, versus If you can, if you can run the platform on Facebook, you can run the platform on TikTok. Biggest thing is you, you can't just go in and select purchase objective and think you're going to be able to spend and optimize for purchase. It's a lot longer of a build up phase with TikTok, mm-hmm. so you're going to have to start higher upper upper funnel events, and the creative is essentially just a completely different angle. So mm-hmm. if you can really study those two aspects of it. Um, you should be good, but also you're not going to see, you know, an immediate return on TikTok. It's going to take really setting the expectations with brands. And I don't know Leilani, if you have numbers, but you really need to, uh, well, Savannah, but you can't Savannah you does talk that. about seasoning the pixel. That's right. Um, no such thing as seasoning, the pixel folks, it's not true just so you know uh but anyways if you could this if is more can... creative
6: um it's more creative driven and it's really more about like what co- type of content she is creating and then any updates that they have raise your hand no you're good um,
0: um, yeah. um you get special privileges because you're one of my favorites so
6: oh also yeah. but,
0: but
3: the, the 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 audience is there i think that's the main thing here is that Tiktok right. came out, everybody thought it was 10, 15 year olds and everything or 15, 20 year olds, and, and it worked, right? But those people, they have parents and those parents started seeing, hey, that's kind of fun, that's humoristic, that's cool, it. snippets, they got it down. Now they're also there, and they're just as well to buy in any other way. And many people, is just somewhat second side of Facebook in some way due to the format and the content. Mm-hmm. So they're seeking other places. That's why Instagram has also been pretty functional, right? But Tiktok is just doing it differently in in many ways. So I think uh, definitely the audience is there and everything. And there's probably a good window right now for a good period forward where the platform is still underestimated from advertising perspective and growing following. So I think it's about to jump on that back and now instead of trying to ah, do it next year. Um, Absolutely, right. Still, I don't think that for many people it can drive enough traffic alone. Facebook can, but if we can't right, hit the right people on Facebook, or if we can't convert, what's the solution? I'm yep. super curious to hear if anybody have had any alternative approaches, at least have had a lot of different uh, approaches. And, uh, you know, Tim Bird has made a lot of different ones. We have a lot of different contributors that made many different methods on how to perform on Facebook, Has any of them work for you? As, you know, just throw it out there and see if there's any feedback from others.
0: LeLani, did you have something to add on Facebook? I know you said you wanted to bring up something.
6: Um. Yeah, are we are we pivoting?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
6: Okay, so I don't know if um, you guys are feeling the same pain, but one of the most difficult things that we are facing right now with our clients is getting them to understand that not everything is um, tracking, it's not all showing up, but if you see the same type of our big north star right now is cost per new cost per new customer. And then you've got your total as been your total revenue and then look at your cost per per new customer, because that's where. That's how they're going to be able to grow right that's the price and the cost that you want to get down, but one of the things that is working is using offline conversions. To be able to kind of show them that but then if they don't believe it if you pay for a big service like um either uh wicked or something like Northbeam or something you can actually you know see those in there um but one of the issues even something like wicked is having is being able to track it back to a campaign um some of the things that you're getting a ton of sales on shopify um I mean, not on Shopify, on Instagram shops and on Instagram stories that are not passing the UTMs. So it's not going to show up, but somehow it's not showing up in Facebook at all, but it's showing up in Shopify. So some of the things that I've been able to do is, you know, go back and show them, you know, the revenue and the actual amount of sales that we're getting and then try to, zero in on where it's come from but they want to see that row as in facebook and in platform and it's just not going to happen like it used to so just finding ways to give them you know the the big picture and that's you know one of our biggest struggles but also one of our kind of most fulfilling things because we're able to find things and go, oh well this is where it's coming from you know it's now it's now not showing it's showing like catalog sales going to Instagram and Facebook shops is showing up as DPA. It is not attributing to your ad. It's not attributing to anything, you know, that you can actually, you know, as long as you separate it out and you know where it's coming from, you can kind of do the numbers. You can and that's still a third party
3: have- platform, right? That's basically using Wicked, using any other platform that has those capabilities. And I, I could just add a little bit here because I'm very technical on these things to, to explain from like a helicopter perspective or non-technical how this basically bottom-down works, that Facebook is relying on being able to get the tracking cookies and all of these things backwards. But once you're inside the platform or inside the app, iOS is basically limited a lot to be able to pull that information and pull that data so it gets lost in transit. Uh, and so they can't attribute to their own sale. So some of the sales you see not happening, they came from Facebook originally, either directly or uh, outside the seven-day window, and you are now saying, okay, my cost per customer is uh, triple or quadruple that it actually is, because if you shut off your ads and you don't do anything for a month or two, you're probably going to see yourself dive down a lot and you'll back down to Simple Organic uh, or any other uh, uh, platform that you can measure, right? So what these platforms do is basically they put in some different types of tracking. In the URL, for example, with Wicked, you put a specific URL parameter inside uh, the ad, so it links out to your website. And in the URL parameter, Wicked is able to basically track that back directly to the ad or the ad set with their tracking code on your website. And so basically, when you get a sale, you can also do a server-to-server callback to Wicked, and that all gets attributed all the way through. And Apple iOS can't really stop you from sending part of a parameter in a UL because that might break the website loading correctly if that uh, UL parameter is not there. So bottom line is these uh, tools are basically giving you a better insight and understanding and a much longer attribution window, which if you're your own business, uh, like Chad, you can actually see, okay, some of this is actually working. It's not looking as bad as it actually is, and if you have customers, you can actually use this tool to, to show them that there is attribution here, and uh, it's just not uh, being measured by Facebook, but other tools that has no reason to not measure it correctly. Like Wicked Report has no reason to give you wrong results. They're just tracking what the data is coming and, and seeing it. And many people think that Wicked Report is super dip- difficult to actually add. It's not really. It's one tracking pixel on the bottom of the website. If you're on a Shopify, it's pretty much out of the box. So it's not that difficult, and the money you spend on that tool can be actually, uh, you know, either giving you some peace or help you retain customers or help them stay on a good path because they understand that you are, you know, uh, actually doing okay and not completely
0: crazy bad. So <laughs> then, uh, oh, oh, go ahead, yeah. Leilani, you have something to add, and then we're gonna
3: get. No, to it was just, I was
6: lo- just—I loved what he said because I thought he was gonna oh. say batshit crazy. Um, yeah,
3: well, <laughs> I, I try to stay uh, with the nice words here. And you,
6: know? <laughs> you got to stay all, all professional, but yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, that was good, Lars. Um, and also just being able to attribute lifetime is so cool and awesome because you'll find that, you know, some people take 60 days actually before they even convert, we've never really mm-hmm, yeah. had that and it literally, it'll show every single touch point once they would become a member of your CRM once they signing
3: up to a newsletter, getting a newsletter, clicking a link in that newsletter, coming back to your website, leaving, clicking a Facebook yeah. ad a week later, and then buying, right? doesn't yeah. really matter who was the final push. It's a customer journey of many things, and Wiki can basically show that out, and it can be mind-blowing for customers to actually see the journey time or the many steps that people take, and it can help you get more on the same page with the client to understand Okay, this is not just, you know, we run Facebook ads and you convert in five minutes because some products are just longer, especially in these times where people is, you know, reconsidering if they buy that product the very first time. Like you said, Chad, they put it in the basket, they get to check out, but ah, I don't need to click this button right now, you know, and, and maybe they come back a week and actually do it. But when they come back, Facebook has lost attribution because it's outside the seven-day window. So now you can no longer say that the original reason why they saw your product was because of Facebook. But if you had yeah, video or any other tool, uh, you can basically get those, uh, any other tool that does this basic stuff. Right. So, yep. uh, tools can really help you in these
0: times. GA4, if you guys don't have, if some clients are smaller and they don't have the budget, uh, UA, just to so those who haven't seen and Ben, I'll get to you in a second here. It's going to do this last thought, uh, UA is universal analytics is phasing out. I think it's July 1st of next year, but with GA4, you can actually create um, it does somewhat attribution now where you can actually create the whole um the whole analytics view around a certain attribution so if you wanted you could essentially and i haven't tested it because we're using third-party paid with most of our clients because they're bigger but you could essentially create a ga4 view for each um first click last click linear um, or you could just set it to linear so if you guys want to check that out um, that's something that i think they just rolled that out like 30 days ago um, to where now you can uh, and you can actually switch it and it rec i believe it retroactively switches all the data so you can literally sit there and switch it back and forth uh between so
3: Jenny, you can come on uh you don't need to be chatting in the chat you can come on i know ben wanted to say something he left for a minute to get a chat oh, i think okay, so just, i think he's oh, best oh, uh, uh, okay. was, okay.
2: was the name of that, that oh, version
0: so what, so what?
2: What was the name of that cheaper version for Wicked? Because my clients are fairly small, so GA4.
0: Just look at analytics. The new GA4 analytics. It's free. I will say though, um, it's early days. I can show you. Yeah, I don't like it personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually, I'm gonna cry when they get rid of Universal Analytics. I, I think GA4. It has a long way to go, and hopefully in the next 365 days, 309. Well, actually, it's about 14 months uh you can't see near the amount of you could see some cool information in there but it's very very limited compared to ua uh even if you follow depeche i'm sure most people know like he is a big component he doesn't like it as much um so it's got a ways to catch up and i think they know they have to get it there and i'm hoping they do that in the next 14 months because there's a major push for this because they know that
3: they need to find alternative ways of, uh, of tracking that is both comforting and within policy of uh, privacy, but at the same time trying So before in the history of time, you know, they fingerprinted people completely by computer and graphics card and all these things that they completely knew who everybody were. That is dead and over. That's just not possible. Now they're trying to kind of find a middle way where they're still keeping people private, but still able to track an attribute in the right type of way. But obviously, that all goes out the window, as soon as you get an order, because now you have a name of that person, and you can see all the history. So yeah. it's a very, very balanced sword here to go through. And uh, some of the big players are trying to do it. What I will say, when you save the money in Google Analytics, you guys might get the problem that a, a, a large percent of the people you want to track, they actually have ad bloggers in, right? So when they have ad bloggers in, then you're still getting only a percentage of that how big of a percentage is that depends on your local market the type of users that you're uh, attacking or or trying to gain and stuff so so it's just difficult but some of these more boutique platforms they kind of fly under the radar a little bit and they don't necessarily have uh, that amount of ad blocking affecting their platform so they're able to track better right all i want to say on this is that if you feel like you don't have enough attribution and tools and you're a little bit flying blind go look at tools investigate on those things try to go into that area because it can actually help you get more of that understanding and better work from that, because you might be dropping Facebook when it's actually still a fairly big player. You're just not able to attribute it in
0: the the same way as in the good old days. Yep. Go ahead, Ben. I know you've been, Ben, go ahead. Sorry to make you wait.
7: Morning from Thailand. How are you all? You're all good?
0: Yeah. Nice to
7: meet you. Yeah, you too. Um, so yeah, you know, had a real sort of bad time of it all, I would say um, three to four months ago, obviously, with the iOS, it just gradually got less and less and less mm-hmm. to a point, um, I would say, where our, we were probably 75, 80% down on our, on our monthly turnover. Um, I, I've actually noticed recently, though. What's uh, your business uh, type? Uh, we have a, what an, an apparel brand. Okay. Um, and so I get, you know, I, I'm i wondering if it's seasonal as well because it does. It sort of is. It's dependent on the weather as well. Our brand. Yep. Do you have year? Yeah. How long is your business? How long has your business ran? Do you have
0: year-over-year year data pre-COVID to kind of know what your seasonality is? Um, Leilani used years. to own. Okay. So yeah. kind of not enough, but Leilani used to own quite a few apparel stores, uh, I think like eight or something with a couple hundred employees. And she would be able to talk more about seasonality month over month because hers was a very seasonal apparel business. Um, I don't know if she wants to chime in on that or I can, but. Do you want to chime in Leilani on that? But did you have
3: more been in some way about what like you want to go deeper into what your problems, what your like? uh, We've just been getting better.
7: You know, we've been we've been improving recently. So. Yeah. Um, What's your solution? What What has worked? You don't um, know. (laughs) I think. I think. What? I think. Like what? I. What I. What? What we've been doing is is just running things a lot tighter with the bid caps. Yep. Okay. Um, so that it sort of gets through those first sort of you know set a high budget but go very very low on a bid cap. Sneak attack. Sort of get through those first two three four days and then just gradually increase the bid to get it spending more and, and that uh, is, has been working is it, whereas, has it gone out of control? We'd started with quite a high budget and a, and a high bid and it would just like came through the entire um budget and, and we'd be turning the ads off after sort of two three days um, somebody had a question having it a more of a, like a slow build and, and just increasing the the, uh, the bid
4: well, I have tried methods like that. Right. And then I find that, okay, it goes good. Right. I creep. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, it just like blows my budget
7: and like spends like a crazy amount. Like, I mean, on like, days like that, what, we're what, what I do is we'll just, just lower the, lower the bid. Yeah. You know? So if, if you start off and, and you, you know, four, five, six, seven hours into the day and it's not really bringing any any purchases, especially like Monday is a terrible day for us. So we'll just lower the bid and then and then fire it back up and increase it on the time. So I have hyper monitoring. You're simply yeah, looking at it, it seven, eight, kind of nine times, times a day. Kind of, that's kind of why I abandoned it because I'm like, oh, really, no. I mean, I'm not I'm not really I'm not looking at it all the time. Um, Rules, think, you need to have
0: some rule safeguards in place. Number one. Uh, you know, if CP, if you spend X spend, say you want a $50 purchase, if you spend more than 200 and you get zero purchases, you know, set it to where yeah. at least it's not going to blow five grand and you're not, you know, you're sleeping and not watching it. That's one way. Um, obviously you gotta be a little bit more looser with your rules just due to lack of attribution, but that's just one of the safest ways to at least catch that. And we use, we use native rules with Facebook, but for a lot of the bigger clients we're using reveal bot. It just seems to be a little bit more reliable.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it for, for us. It just, I mean, January February is were well, not good, um, but traditionally they never are because of the weather. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I I'm, we've noticed a real improvement since probably like midway through last month.
3: So, uh, so you basically summer, the complete like mirror of the picture. Well, <laughs>
7: Sorry? Yeah, that, exactly
3: you're the opposite of chat because he started they, going this way, you go this I mean, way. I had my...
4: Yeah, strange, huh? January was like my fourth biggest month ever in like three, four years. It was just, I just crushed, I, my CPMs were like dirt cheap and I just crushed it. Um, mm. February was okay. And then everything just tanked in March. Now, where's your demographic that you're
7: advertising to mainly? Is it in the US? We probably or do like sixty percent of our sales is in in the US, um, and then just we target pretty much every other country that isn't going to scam us. Um, what about
4: um, age? Are, are you younger demographic or older?
7: Oh, we're older. Yeah, we're probably thirty five to fifty five would be our demographic. Yeah, it's yeah. quite high say. high end product as well. It's like well, I say high end. It's at AOV is about $190 so yeah there's still the money entire... out, there. out there for sure we're running CBO um so four ad sets interest targeting dynamic creative um yeah give it a go if, if that's any different to what you're currently doing so but yeah it's quite positive yeah, I mean I, mean, I I've literally just come off suicide watch the last three months because it's been that bad, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting um, better. Hmm. Well, that's that's good to it's
4: good to know someone's doing well. I I just yeah. thought it was the, the overall market has just been you know slow because of the. New I think things. most
0: people it has. I mean, most people. I think the last three. There was some, and even in the groups and ad buyers that were still go, doing well. Uh, but I think the consensus was most saw a dip, yeah. like towards the end of February when Meta started seeing a dip. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the engineers that I know had said that they started making tweaks to try and fix some things. And that's when I kind of, we noticed some drops uh, when we were told that they were making some changes. Seems like whenever they do that, it's usually for us, it just happened to correlate with the war, but you know with everything going on. But usually when we when we get those messages from some of those engineers that we have connections with, it's usually two to three weeks of rough performance, and now we're starting to slowly see everything kind of go back better than what it was, but it's still not where it is, just because of inflation and kind of gas prices and everything. But right, right, okay.
3: Yep. Whoa. Well, I mean, a lot of things here happened within a week, ten days. Uh, at the same time, Facebook had their horrible situation and twenty percent stock loss and everything. And war. At the same time, inflation was coming upwards, and you know, just so many different external things that can really put a breather on the performance or like really push things downward. Um, So it's um, like I said before, I think it's a matter of, you know, really holding out as much and even, you know, go down to a perspective where you just don't really push too much money into it. Uh, If you're kind of convinced you tried all angles uh, and then start uh, focusing on some of the other areas that can give you better long term results and then
0: test out slowly again. Yeah, Yeah. if you're not, if you're not, if you made channels your email isn't 20 to 30% of your revenue you're not doing your email
6: right. That's what I was just about to mention is that we have a brand that sells seafood um that we um run ads for um mostly lobster and we have a lead gen campaign going on right now that's actually more profitable than, you know, it's bringing in the purchases and it's even within a 7-day window showing up. I mean it's you know, on a longer term it's looking much better. But it's profitable. And if you can find a way to somehow get lead gen, then that way you have the people in your flow and you can send whatever you want more about your business, you know, nurture them, you know. And I think that works really well for a lot of people. And it just it's working really well for them right now. And I just want to mention that because it's definitely a cheaper um calls per action. Yep. Absolutely. Also, I I
2: So I've actually been using a lot of messaging for local businesses, even um, real estate agents and things like that, just to get the people in contact with them and let them do the work after that and and nurture them because people like to chat and talk and build that relationship. So even just that messaging and an easy campaign is actually working for them.
0: SMS and email are the two most... SMS especially, most brands are doing email, but SMS is something that's often forgot about. If you're not doing those two, you need to do it. Um, hundred percent.
3: And you like Le, into like Laloni said, it's it's you know it's much cheaper for action to start building up. So if you can afford it, and you're in a situation where okay, let's stop spending on straight up selling ads and take the organic and take the dip. Let's start building the email list and build out flows and so on. Then that might actually be a very big income channel for you in three, four, five months down the line. And once other things hopefully come back to more normal then you know you you're coming out stronger than you went in so uh, the email channel is a place to but it's not overnight results obviously because it takes time to build yeah. it up and if you build it too cheap or if you buy a list or whatever you do then you know you just get really low quality low open rates no results but high cost of sending because it's obviously not fully free to send emails even though uh it is uh, sms is more tough in terms of you know figuring out the exact right angle to do it because you have less char- characters to use and so on and so forth. Just your link alone almost if you want a call to action link could be a good percentage of the, the the space you have in the messages um so i mean it has its options and it can really do well for the right brands if you have a simple call but it can also be an upgrade where you you know trying to win people back or it can be especially for you know uh lost car uh cards or checkouts and so on and so forth which you both send by email but you also send an sms or something yep. with a specific discount so all of these things that's kind of like the loose hanging fruit that you might not have done or looked at in a long time that's really really smart to look at right now because the people that have been there they might just need that extra push to be convinced now i'm going to do it you know like if you give 20 percent chat or 10 percent or whatever those people that isn't check out they are almost there to buy so it's just a matter of like pushing them that extra step potentially or giving something and try to get some of those sales back and try it out to see if it works
0: right we're, yeah we're using double um, opt-in so you can run real quick you can run an email sms opt-in so instead of just having an email pop-up you can actually have a double opt-in where they give you email and sms so you're collecting content. both at the same time yep. yeah yeah I, obviously I, your
3: I, cost per action could be more expensive if you both ask for both fields because it's not required you just it in, have right?
0: so you don't have to yeah. have them both required so i mean it can be one or the other yeah. um and it's two steps so they do their email first and then they get prompted hey if you want a bigger discount give us your sms <laughs> So. Go ahead, man. Yeah, you know, that's, that's exactly what
4: I do. I mean, I capture the email and then I have the SMS as optional. Um, yep. SMS doesn't really do much for me, but I mean, I'm doing 20 something percent with my email and my email flows. A welcome message alone is is like, you know, between abandoned cart and, and welcome messages and, you know, all the other I have product abandonment, I have collection abandonment, I got I got them all, <laughs> um, but I'm doing like 20, 20 percent. Are you on
0: Shopify? You yeah, do you have the, um, do you have the actual ad, did you ever go in and custom add the add to cart event so it's a true add to cart on add to cart versus initiate checkout. You actually have to manually add the event code to actually have a true. Um, I can send you the directions on it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a way to Clavio. get it. Yeah, Clavio, are you using Clavio? I'm using OmniSend. OK, I don't know anything about them. Yeah, OK, so, I mean, my
4: my, my abandoned cart um, sequence is really good and I actually double it up. I got the one coming out of Shopify and I got the one coming out of OmniSend. I've got a, a three email sequence for abandoned carts, um, product abandonment, collection abandonment, um, you know, welcome series, uh, you know, post conversion upsell. I got them all. I, mm-hmm. I you know, don't be so, afraid to
3: send yeah, even more emails. I mean, as long as you're sending them and and you know, it's up opt up, out, so it's pretty simple and everything, you can even put it fairly early in the text of the content to say, if you don't want to get these emails, don't want us to remind you, sorry, then just click here. Uh, so if you have that ability and it's not only deep down in the bottom of the email, don't be afraid to send too many emails people get so many emails every every single day. So yeah. uh, a lot of brands are afraid of sending oh, out not send more than three emails on this subject that it's like an email is a whiff that comes by, you know, like it's really uh, seen for five seconds, two seconds or one second in your email inbox, forgotten if it's not the right perfect time. So repetition, 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 and maybe offering the offer if you're able to, so you're not going too strong early and then try to one week in, email number six, that's the best perfect offer and you directly write right on the email. We are not sending you anything more about this. So just if you want this, you know, go for it. And if you can put time sensitivity to it, you know, you might be able to convert even more in that in that channel, right, Do yeah, a, because you uh, sort of because... kind of indicated people get to check out. So if, if that's your problem, that's just that last push, discounts and sending them even more mails afterwards, If obviously, if you have it, I think that could potentially get
0: you a little bit out of the hole. Sunset flow is really good. So I don't know if you have a sunset flow. Do you have anything like that, Chad? To clean your email list regularly?
4: Yeah, I do clean the, you know, if they haven't opened an email in like six months. Um, you know, I I
0: just take them off my list. But put them into like another flow, segment them out, put them into a last chance flow and give them like Black Friday basically type offer. Right. And, you know, if they open or click, then they get moved out of that segment. If they go through, what we do is we just tag them, mark them, uh, you know, mark them suppress or untrue, and then we just exclude that from all of our campaign send going forward. Uh, for the lobster brand, Lonnie was mentioning, I think, like, in a matter of two months, we clean, like, over 150,000 emails from our list, just to people that have gotten an email 25 times, never opened or clicked any of those emails right. um, and an astronomical amount, so that just... Better's your deliverability rates if you're not yeah. segmenting too hard. That's the most and important paying, thing.
4: That I was paying for those contacts. You know, yeah, like exactly. You know, right.
0: That's that's the
4: biggest hurt point. They, they cost not, will Yeah, like I'm not gonna pay, you know, this money for it. But you know, I'll tell you what has worked in the past month is um I send out a campaign email with a clearance. Um, the title is clearance, and you know I took like some of my. I'm in eyewear, right? So it took some of like my, you know, non-sellers that were on the shelf here. And I'm just like, threw them up there and mark them down 75%, you know, 50%. And I clearance email, that thing got tremendous amount of traction. I got like people buying like the full price stuff, you know, like the clearance stuff was like yep. fine, right? Like I made a little bit of money off that, but like I crushed it on uh, just the traffic that came to my site when they saw the word clearance was like crazy. So This is
3: why standard more retail stores run clearance many times a year because it brings people in and the clearance is in the back and in the front, you have to go buy the new collection. Yes. And I always, always, <laughs> I can close my eyes and take three pieces out and the three pieces I find non-clearance items, full price. My God, I will bring one of them out, right? So bottom line is do more clearance. Think alternative, yeah. right? Just get people
4: exactly. in. I'm, I'm out of clearance stuff now. I got to like find Yeah, stuff. but you can come up
3: with new stuff. You can oh, you buy stuff in that's ready for clearance, clearance. Right. Exactly.
4: from the it beginning. like real clearance stuff, but well, now I'm like, shit, I need to like just make up a clearance.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'll make flash sales, you know? Yeah. I know you don't get the same traffic window. Make a flash sale, one day flash sale every day, once a month, like pick a random day. So it's not like every single Sunday of the second Sunday of the
4: month. Maybe that's the environment that we're in now is like people, that's what people are going to react to because you need to push people over the line, right? Yeah, Like kind of exactly. Yeah,
3: Yeah. People sit back, they have the money. A lot of people are in a very good state about, you know, in their economies and everything. And they actually save money from traveling this and all of these things for the last couple of years, people have money. But that psychology of the mindset that comes in of war, unexpected times, gas price going up—all of mm. these things that make people say, "Okay, I'm gonna sit on them a little bit more, keep the money, not gonna buy it right now." If you give them a specific reason, "Hey, here's 20% off, but only today." Well, th- today is the day I want this because mm. I really want this, and I know I'm gonna buy it sooner or later, right? Or a clearance mm. reason that you get in there and so on. So, all reminders in abandoned card and so on so forth it's just being even more aggressive on these things and maybe find the limit because sometimes you might step over and you know be a little bit too aggressive and you have a one customer saying hey you sent me seven emails for this thing you put I put in my card you know don't be let down by that because that's also natural some people react to it much harder than others so uh, I think you just need to hustle harder in these times and and try more keep trying Facebook on and off but don't the money you potentially burn on facebook you could better burn on giving clearances off that you're losing in profitability or profit on your on your products and just Mm reallocate that as marketing right and say hey that brings customers in and and then you could still use that technique six months from now when your other channels are back working
0: again so um yeah so i'd love to hear from everyone on basically what softwares and tools you guys are using since ios shift um what have you started to adopt what are your main go-to tools that you guys are leveraging right now something that's special that you don't haven't seen anywhere else that's working well for i can you. i can i can give you some of our tech stack it's uh, triple whale well for client reporting we don't use the triple pixel um um it's not uh we're using wicked reports for full attribution. Um, and then we're using RevealBot. um, and Leilani, I don't know if anything else that you guys are using on your end. Those are the three main ones that we're using. Anybody have anything?
4: So when I, um, when this whole iOS thing came about, I really started looking mm-hmm. at different attribution tools um i looked at hyros and i looked at wicked and the price tags on these were you know more than what i wanted to spend and i'm like wait i was getting this for free and now i'm going to have to spend you know 800 bucks a month it's different. i'm like that's
0: crazy what do you spend a month on ads chad What much you spend a um,
4: month on ads it, it varies uh it really varies but i'll spend anywhere from you know a thousand to 5000 a day um that's
0: not that's totally worth it for your level of spend because if you can increase yeah. if you can increase your your profitability marginally because you're able to see more data so a couple things like i was saying before and Lewani can contest this um or confirm this but our, our the lobster brand that that she, she runs ads for their average time to purchase is 43 days right that's average um that's way longer than any system can pick up besides google ads which can go out 90 days so we can't even see half of the first click attribution uh to even begin with because it's just outside of facebook's seven day window now it was a little bit better pre-ios when you had 28 days so we can literally and i can pull it up and show you a screenshot maybe i'll do that here in a minute um of campaigns that have literally spent zero dollars and have made 20, $30,000 20, $30,000 in revenue uh, in the last 30 days. And people would say, well, how is that? How can that be? Well, we've had Wicked on that client since they were actually the first client on Wicked. So they've been around since Wicked. They have six years of attribution. Somebody could have clicked an ad six years ago. And if Wicked can match that back, which is not stuck to any iOS rules, it gets around it completely. Um, it can obviously push that into Facebook for optimization, but you can see it in Wicked's platform. It can attribute it. So we literally know that we shut these campaigns off 60 days ago and now look here's this rolling effect of revenue coming in so a lot of the times the things that you're changing today may not affect you for four or five six weeks if you don't truly understand your customer journey and know how long it is from first touch to purchase so that client specifically always wants to hey facebook's not profitable it's not profitable it's not profitable it sucks it sucks it's the worst no it's actually your best. You're looking at it too narrowly. Your your time frame's 43 days. You're measuring this on a seven day window. Get rid of your brand search. And Google's CAC is higher than what Facebook's is. It kills it. Yeah, yeah you pay higher so, CPM, but it's a better customer. Um, I come from a software background and development
3: and tools and all of these things. So I have seen a lot of customers being unhappy to spend money on software tools. They will spend a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand plus on Facebook ads a month, but they won't spend five hundred dollars too on a tool that can give them more information. Let's talk SEO. Content is king. If you have a crappy website, content doesn't work for you because the website will just not help you index it correctly. That's less of a problem today than it were 15, 20 years ago. But back in that day, frames and everything could make your content just not be readable by Google, but which basically meant you could put content in from now on to next year, and it's not gonna get any indexing. Today, Facebook Ads, spend, uh, any Ads spend you're doing, basically data tools, tools is king. If you don't know what your data is doing, you don't know how your data is performing or what data you have on your ad performance, you're somewhat saving blind, right? So if we take the example of YouChat, spending thirty thousand dollars a month minimum right thousands five thousand a day if you spend eight hundred dollars on wicked uh that's 2.6 percent of your ad spend now question do you think that if you had a better insight in the whole customer journey and learned more from this tool and could attribute it better you could optimize your ads by 2.6 percent or more if you can it's an investment that you might be the best thing you can ever do so don't be afraid because be afraid of not locking yourself in for a year. So you sit there and pay for six months and say, hey, I'm paying $800 for something I don't use anymore. Be mindful about how you sign a contract or what you go into. So if says the only way you can sign up for us is a full year, you can pay monthly, but you sign a contract for a year. Don't do that because that's just Mm -hmm. uh, you know,
0: a long
4: trial period can get very expensive. Six months in advance, whatever. Let me
0: show you this. Let me show you this real quick so I just don't. So this is looking at the last 30 days. Uh, You can see our spend column here, right? So like, look at this one. Prospecting from Facebook, 22 grand in revenue, $0 spend.
6: And a lot of those are repeat purchases but it shows yep. you the lifetime value of
0: of that customer that are reaching. So yeah right here Facebook repeat yet. 85% of that was repeat that but we know hey we can go to the client and say look this was a prospecting campaign then you can dive in and you could say okay well these are non subscription sales but look this prospecting campaign they're actually coming back and buying 90 days 120 days later so you can actually see that uh the insights you get to this and we've used the only one that I honestly truly have not used yet is AnyTrack, the, and I'm keen to test it, but the amount of detail that, that we get with here versus the other attribution platforms is just, it's a night and day difference. I mean, this one was um, ran by Sucatan. Most of you may know that agency. That one was, I don't know, Iwani, that was from last year. It's still yeah. banging in
6: still bringing in the money repeat Easy
0: customers but yep. but what you want to see here is the six
3: month period that you might have to sign for is not that bad because you should expect that before this tool tries grading your real results it's 30 days 60 days 90 days or even six months so it actually might be when you get out to that six month period and you're considering is it worth the money that's actually when you start seeing all that repeat information and so on and so forth. so you need a long trial period so that's a fair reason why these people are saying there's a little bit of some a startup was to get you going on the platform and you know explaining you how everything works and getting everything set up technically and so on so it's fair enough that they want a longer period ahead but you should also see that and say hey if i spend uh, six months forty eight hundred five thousand bucks uh, on this tool one time that's a one-time investment i'm doing to try to see if this can help and i'm uh, really focused on that for six months uh, but it's a drop in the ocean compared to the rest of your ad spend, yep. and it might very very easily make its money way back in the first month, or even you know, at least in the last month, yeah. the try period make you more yeah. understanding everything uh, and all the different channels. Because right now, uh, three four years ago, you can just run Facebook ads, right? Three four years ago, you could just run Facebook ads, Facebook ads, no other platform, no email, no nothing, and you could be profitable and bring in enough traffic and customers. You can't do that today. It is omni channel, it is cross left and right, email, SMS, it's TikTok, it's a little bit all over the place. And mm-hmm. that starts becoming very, very difficult to achieve. You get it one dashboard, one monitoring here, where you can see everything that's happening. And that maybe your cross ads and your retargeting across platforms will actually start working also. So yeah. um, it, it's just I think many people are just really spending too little on tools and, and uh, too uh, afraid of it because they see it more cost than an investment. And yeah. uh, recommend everybody to just uh, give it a shot, close the eyes, pay the bill, and then actually also with that, you have committed yourself to, you know, try to use it because you're spending that money on it and try to get the best out of it. Yep.
4: I, what Anybody I, what I, say, oh, what I will say has worked really well for me is, um, I hooked up the Zapier offline conversions and, um, that's pretty much what I use. I, it's so on un- after
5: exactly.
3: like
4: it, like like, at least tells me, which one of my ads are really working and which ones are not working. And I've kind of simplified my whole thing is like, okay, just, you know, how much money did I make? How much money did I spend like over the course of the week? And like, I will know if I'm profitable or not. And, um, the offline conversions with Zapier and I basically take that number. What I figured out was it matches about 80% of my customers back to me. And so I take that number and I multiply it times 20% in a, in a custom metric in, in Facebook, and it gets me darn close to what I used to have for metrics. It's unbelievable. And so yep. um, I don't, this is part of the reason why I didn't want to invest in the tool, because I'm like, I have almost what I need to be able to make decisions. But you-
0: you don't though that's short term decisions what this tool invested in is for is long term decisions like it you it, can better it, you can better get an understanding of your full life and value of customer yeah. returns right so imagine of like, doing stock trading imagine yes. of stock trading imagine a stock trader stock trading just on a short term uh window versus actually looking at full picture uh like if you didn't have access to historical data Right now, everyone would be saying sale, sell, sell, but everyone knows on these dips. They know, I mean, I just called my investment guy because I'm the same way. It's like I just lost a ton of money. What are you doing? Well, historically, after a dip like this, it takes six months, it comes back 12%. You can see this since the beginning of 1900. So you have like all of this historical data that you can pull. And that's that's the key you're missing is to make those longer decisions. Because if you're if you're if you have an impulse product and your product is an immediate buy because the price point is cheap then probably yeah, okay you
6: could
3: probably get away with a sapi yeah. uh, offline conversion tracking and you know keep it simple because your life cycle is so short but for any product like the one ben has which, which is a 190 aov then you know there more is like a lot of decision process in some ways right so you want to yeah. be able to better track that over time and see if it's actually working because it just gives you more optimism and because as media buyers you can feel one day horrible if there's nothing works you know and you can get really down into this hole where you have no understanding and then you see a couple of things that facebook didn't show you in wicked you see ah actually got a couple of signups here or something was working you know that takes you out there and gives
0: you another chance to give it another shot right and offline conversions can go longer than seven days i think it's 60 days or 90 days i don't remember i think it can go back farther than the click window of just the facebook pixel but keep in mind that's only looking at facebook what wicked allows you to do is pivot that information and you can see that Google is driving first click, uh, huge customer revenue, but it's not converting them. So I wanna actually put more money into this Google campaign smart shopping and increase my budget 500% because after 30 days, Facebook is closing the sale. So you're able yeah. to actually measure the different impacts. You can't do that with offline conversion. You can see it's just looking through blinders. You can't see it. Right.
3: Some of the and things that say you start start a newsletter, uh, you know, start pushing traffic towards a newsletter sign up to get those long term sign ups and get them into the newsletter and so on. And you get maybe $5 newsletter sign ups, right? You can do that at a fairly high scale and get quite a lot of sign ups over a period of time. But how can you actually attribute that those sign ups uh, sold later, maybe from the email, yes, so on and so forth, but maybe they didn't buy from that email. Maybe it was a Facebook ad later, it was a mix of many different channels that actually made them purchase in the end. But this way, you can basically see, okay, in six or three months from now, somebody purchases something, it actually started with them signing up on this newsletter campaign that you ran tomorrow, and then they came back, then they clicked an email, then they came uh, towards uh, you know, Facebook ad or whatever, and, and so on and so forth, and then they finally purchased, even though it was outside the Facebook window. So you can better kind of fully understand because you you don't really know how is your customer seeing you or how are they interacting with you you know that's another healthy exercise to do in these times start calling random customers say hey how did you hear about me that or this this and that not just ask them by me because many won't respond or whatever call them or whatever or at least have a flow mm-hmm. to email them so you get to understand yep. that customer journey better Because many times people think they do understand how the customers are getting there, but they don't really. And uh, so by getting more of that understanding, you can better understand how to actually use the right advertising money. So Wicked is just like an attribution tool that can help you uh, pretty well with this. It's pretty simple to implement. I agree. It is pricey. It should be half the price, in my opinion. But that's also because, you know, uh, it would be, uh, you know, (laughs) better uh, for the end customer. And and we'd love to see that. But uh, it's just not... um, it's not like the situation uh and uh, it is a very highly customized tool that can help you in many ways but i see it as an uh, investment or more
0: than a, a cost a rod so it depends on the level of revenue you do but it starts out i think zero and don't quote me i think zero to two million i think is 600 a month um but there is a thousand dollars off for ad members so you can go to the vault.adleaks.com uh and christy sure, will you for, drop for the sure. link yep it's like a thousand bucks off so Yep. Um, revenue. Yeah, No, uh, what do you uh, mean A rev- $1,000 off the cost. But he's
3: asking for if it's uh, on revenue ad spend to 2 million.
0: Oh, yes. It's too, It's your yearly annual revenue. You have to pay based yeah. on that. Because the it moment comes you down do a sale, pro-
3: you, uh, you get like as the sale value gets back into Wicked. So Wicked can attribute that and, and you know, say, okay, if you're selling for 100,000 and you spend 50,000 on ad spend, then it can at least give you like an ROI on that. And, and so, when you use uh, Shopify, that happens automatically. If you use any other third party platform, you can do basically like a server to server callback with the value of the order,
0: the customer, the customer information. That's like the income of the journey. And it's priced that way because of data processing. All um, The more data they have to process, they have to use server resources and they pay for that. Uh, one good thing I know that some people might be, well, the one thing, and I've dealt with Scott on this a lot, and it's on the roadmap and hopefully it'll be rolling out soon, but one of the big complaints has always been. It they overnight process everything. So like today's data, it's not live time. Um, but I think part of that time. is just yeah, not real time. So it won't process today's data till 7 a.m. That's gonna be going away here soon. Um, I've actually been working with them behind the scenes uh to get to for changes on that stuff. So that should be rolling out. It's on their roadmap, I'm hoping in the next four to six weeks, which will be cool because then you're gonna be able to see data in real time. So I would be interested to hear um, from you, Shenny, because I know your, your clients are a lot smaller. For your smaller size clients, are you using any tools or anything that really helps you on that kind of level?
2: I'm not. Um, my my clients are really, really small. So I get feedback from them and use Mer really. Yeah, I get okay. with reports or whenever they can um, back to them. Got it. And with smaller ones, it's a bit of more explanation on that really smaller ones
0: are easier ones.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, they still sometimes, the rest, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you, uh, if you explain <laughs> that to them and then I say, okay, how many sales have you got in the last yeah. um, week or two or whatever? And then we, we put it together and I say, we're probably missing 30%. go, like, Oh really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, i yeah, accept that yep. so it, it's not worth i would love to be able to get wicked but for my clients it's not worth it um no, yeah, the, to... your
3: attribution is also easier because you have if they have five new customers one day they can almost ask every single customer when it is small clients it's this is more like a scale problem when you have 500 yeah. orders a day you know it's difficult to say which out of the 500 actually came from where right and you can't yeah. start and call everybody at the scale so so,
6: so well i mean it's give a... some feedback on chad's method which is doesn't cost you very much um the you know you are not going to see all the data you cannot follow everything you know it doesn't show you everything you need to know but those offline conversions are typically on a seven day window from what i'm matching up in wicked it may be one purchase off i mean the offline conversion thing works
0: you can check out, um, Depeche has a framework and I think we have a deal on it, Christy. It's called Fat Framework. It's built on GA and offline conversions. Um, Leilani, you just went through that, didn't you? Or did you not finish it? I know you were looking at that.
6: I didn't finish it, but um, okay. but it's, I mean, everything that he puts out is great, so.
0: Yeah, definitely check that out. I, I, we're trying to work on it and get it for Vault members. Um, uh, stay tuned um i'll tweak his arm a little harder so we can get that but that looks like a really good more of a free organic method for sure devon so. uh,
3: say that right yeah, De- you
0: a question yep. yeah Do you yeah, want to so come on i on it or are you unable to uh could he or
5: just taking a text
0: yeah so i can read my question for those
5: who can't see it if he's hey i can talk i just don't have video okay. oh, yeah you have a voice nice to meet you devon Hey, hey, it's Devin. Yeah, and I'm from
2: Devin.
5: Yeah, I've been demoing Triple Whale for just the last week. Not much um, mm-hmm. to say because my data is still kind of flowing in. Yep. Um, I don't. I've never used Wicked Reports, but I was kind of comparing them, and you know, I'm a pretty small business, like still working to to profitability, but I spend a lot of money, and um, they're half the price of Wicked, and sure. I was talking to their team. They seem to be growing fast, like yeah like really fast i I think from like 20 employees to like over 100 employees in the next funding yeah so do you guys have any insight as to like what that tool is going to be doing in regards to tracking because right now it's like just utms and there's so much hype i I don't get it
0: i so i'll comment i know the founders uh triple well is an amazing tool uh i love the client side tool, the triple pixel, I am not, it's still too early for me to adopt that fully. Um, those guys are geniuses over there. They're building something that I think is going to be huge. Um, they're going to be, if they're not already multi-millionaires, multimillionaires uh, times 10, the client tool or like you can, you know, for the Shopify app portion is really, really good. I am not personally, and we just used it actually for a brand. I am not uh a huge fan of the pixel portion it's very 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 still behind in my opinion it's still too early um i know a lot of people think that i'm one-sided because wicked is a partner so i'm gonna i can refer this and kick this off to somebody else um that on our team that actually used it that was in it day to day and she she may be able to get more insights on it just so it's not coming specifically from me i think it's going to be great I think it's still personally too early, though, um, as it sits right now, Uh, probably in six months to a year, it will be a different story, but the UI and everything, they have some cool features, like their creative feature is amazing, which does try and tie into the triple pixel, but it's, it's just not, it's not easy for us, or it wasn't as easy for us to pull insights and make them uh, like, to be able to shift and look, but I'll, I'll let Leilani talk about it
6: so the data didn't quite match up but exactly what you were saying um as far as you know comparing it to wicked there was definitely more data in wicked that was caught so if you know um definitely it wasn't showing everything i don't know if we had an issue with our installation i don't know you know it just wasn't matching up at all but from what was there like Justin said the ads feature is amazing and the ability to the reporting within there is really really good so you know if they get this you know the actual because one thing I don't think that they're doing and this is why Wicked, you know they they're not going past what Facebook's giving so there it's not a it's not a cumulative um tracking so it doesn't only
3: channel In the same way right like right and it doesn't
6: go past the window of of, right yeah so it just doesn't give the long time view um and but the reporting and the way that they've set it up is just absolutely amazing so i think when they get their kinks out you know their attribution window is not it just didn't collect right it it, it passed it's too early
0: it's a new it's a newer product for i don't think they put enough time research and development into that. I mean wicked's been around for years and years and they've been tuning it. I do think are well, only. Yeah. yeah are they a competitor now in my opinion if you're really really good at and you know attribution and you've been running ads in a long time and you've used both and some will disagree with me. In my opinion, they're a competitor but not to the level of detail if somebody truly knows on how to scale brands, not a competitor will they be a competitor in the very very near future? absolutely because the people behind that product are building something that's going to be very very powerful they are very very smart they're building an awesome product it's just too early
5: that answer your question Devin? yeah super good it it kind of aligns with what i have been kind of gathering myself too i mean it's really sharp and it's almost tricky when you use a product at this stage because you get really persuaded (laughs) by how beautiful everything is and uh but at the end of the day, like I need to improve my ads. And I always find myself stumbling into grosser looking tools that work better. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I really want it to keep improving because it is really nice in a lot of ways, just not the ways that like really improve the ROI yet. And, yep. uh, I'm totally. I can, pulling for them. I, I can say this, that
0: we've never had one client. And if you want to, uh, a deal on triple well we can get you a deal just hit me up um it's also in the vault um but uh, we've never put one client on triple well X the pixel but on the the client side and we've never had one person ever i mean everybody loves it because it shows if it it, it measures their cogs so you can put if they're using the cogs field in shopify it, it basically gives you true profitability it sucks in all of your ad spend from everywhere it sucks in your merchant center fees if they really wanted to they could put in their credit card bills they could put their salaries in there they could put their light water heat like and then it just takes it it works it out it gives you new customer cost per acquisition which like Supermetrics really can't do because that's not really a field you can get from shopify i don't think or it wasn't at the time that we were doing it but it'll give you your actual true ncpa versus just your overall cost per acquisition um so the metrics that they have in there it's it's freaking it's awesome we never have anybody complain about it on that side of it we we basically make it mandatory for client doesn't want to install it we pay for it out of our pocket to install it for them just because it almost alleviates a lot of headaches for the media buying team because we can just refer clients to it to look at it and say hey and they still don't they still hit us up can you tell me what i spent well no just log into triple willy there's an app on the phone which makes it amazing because they can pull it up on their phone and they can measure it in real time um the only crappy thing that sometimes there's some bugs, but it's not their fault because they're dependent on API like everybody else. So every once in a while, like today, you know, it wasn't showing revenue, but I think Facebook had an API issue. But other than that, no, I mean it's amazing. I wish I invented it. I think there's a hand up here. Uh Arad. Hey. Yeah. Have you
3: ever invented anything, Justin? Me?
0: No. At least. Nothing. I didn't invent that, Tim did. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Tim did. Um, so with cookies going away, how is that affecting triple whale and, uh, wicked reports is that gonna? It
0: won't, it won't because they use their own measuring. So they're already using, you know, they're not using third-party data. They're using first-party data because you're giving them the data. So,
3: which is also why it's, it's not as you can't compare wicked with triple whale because it their way of tracking is different. Basically, it's just Trivial will crunch a lot of the data that's available, that's guaranteed first party information from different platforms through APIs and crunch that data, which will collect information for you uh, with their own tracking pixel in different places that uh, widens your attribution window, right? To the cookie question, is a whole different thing. And I think it's way too early to actually say what it is because cookies is such a bare bones piece of the internet that is just not going to be it, cookies going away, is like, a, like a little bit of a buzzword. And so they, this is something we can't sit and say right now, okay, cookies gonna be that, da that. Literally, if cookies were to go away tomorrow from everything, no login on any website would pretty much work because it's based on a cookie that's set on your computer with an identifier of who you are versus the server of the platform. So it's just, uh, it, I know that they're, Google is saying they're doing it, but they're just replacing it with something else that has similar technology, because without a cookie, you're not going to be able, able to be what is the basic bearable. It's like going from a bed.
0: chocolate chip cookie to a vanilla wafer. It's just still yeah, around and then yeah, you can eat. It's,
3: it's a lot of buzz, it and it's because they're kind of boss because cookie has become misused in so many ways from what it's originally intended for. But it's going to come out with something better, because some yeah. of the technical downsides of a cookie is, that the cookie has to be sent on every single request between the client and server, which puts the overhead on that. So it's an old technology that's just not very good to use and has been misused. So it's actually a good thing that's being replaced. But if it's gonna hit anything on advertising, I'm not completely sure yet because uh, it won't be able to, technology can't go away. It's not, uh, it's, it's needed
0: still. So yeah. wait, I don't know wait if that makes sense for you. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked, it answer, won't affect because but... they're, they're using all first, like you're giving them the data anyway. So it may change. And it, Lars is a lot smarter at that than I am. I mean, he built the vault from zero to a hundred custom and he understands this stuff. But like Wicked is a hundred percent already all first party data because they're not getting any third party data at all. So it's, you know, it connects to your Shopify, it connects to your Klaviyo, it connects to all of those platforms. So you're giving it to them. They, and Lars can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, see them being affected, um, it's not like they're just, you know, It's more like a on a holistic
3: or like a more like a bigger approach of saying, hey, cookies is going away from a feature in a browser, that would break the internet, like literally break the internet, you couldn't log into net banking, you couldn't do anything, cookies has just been used to track. And it's very difficult to say, when is a cookie a tracking cookie? And when is a cookie a normal cookie? You can't just say you have third party, first party, and so on, so forth. But that's a lot of technicalities to get into. The bottom line here is, you can't just take cookies away and just say, it's, it's like you can't deprecate this piece of the internet of browsers because it's such a <laughs> cornerstone piece of it. So you can start moving it over. But what Google is doing right now, coming out saying, yeah, cookies will go away from there, that, That's basically just buzzing and coming out, trying to uh, say, we are the good guys. We don't want to be tracking so and so forth, but they're just going to replace it with something else. And that's how a lot of the stuff that gets replaced in this area happens uh, when they uh, are replacing their anti-tracking platform with something else. And that's just renaming it. There's just a whole lot of buzz going on because Google has has a super high interest in being able to attribute in different types of ways uh, outside of exactly this session time. Because if you don't have a cookie, then you're down to session time attribution, which means the moment you close the browser, the cookie is gone. And there is yep. no uh, repeat, right? So yep. uh, I think in a year from now, we'll see more what Google is moving towards, but this has to be standardized between browsers. So basically all the different browser vendors and all the people that outlines all of these things, they have to agree on a, on a, on a functional model. And there is alternatives already, uh, somewhat available, that does many of the same things that cookies does,
0: but it's not gonna be possible to kill. Yeah. Like Do you that. guys, so I'm gonna, we got about 15 minutes left um, and I'll leave it up to the, the people in here. One thing that we can do is we can end the stream on Facebook ad buyers. I mean, most of you guys have been here from the get go. So one option if you want is we can continue on for 15 minutes. Or if you guys want to, we can break out into like two or what do you think Lars Two breakout rooms, maybe eight people a piece? Yeah, smaller rooms that won't be streamed. So it'll be off of the stream. And then you guys can just chit chat and talk for the next 10 minutes. Um, We can give you 10 minutes and then come back. Uh, I'll leave it up to the consensus of the group. If you want to do that, um, put in the in the chat or just come off mic. Otherwise, we'll just continue on. So um, we don't have too many people, so they'd be you know two small groups or one small group. But
3: while we are um, here, like twelve on a Friday for Australia and for New Zealand and that area, is that good? Bad? a better time because you know we're sitting a little bit all over the world. Uh, but we're trying to yeah. find the best spots that we can do this, and we want to continue doing this every different types of subjects and so on. But we want to do every this couple every two or three weeks. Uh, but yeah. sometimes in the US, but it's just so difficult spanning over. So it, maybe if not on this, then go in on the post uh, in, in on the stream post in, uh, in Platinum on the event and comment what would be your um, preferred time in some type of way. Because if it's better ten a.m., maybe not on Fridays. Um, Australia has multiple time zones, I believe also. So, you know, it's like we yep. just we we just take the one that seemed like smack down in the middle of that time zone could be working. And it's kind of like late yeah. here, but um, I'm going to give
0: uh, want to see as many we can. I want to give hell the two people who are not in here and I'm going to message them after this because I set this up specifically for them. And I'm going to call them out Shay and Jess. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be on here and I'm disappointed. I've never met Shay. Uh, but yeah so okay that works for you cool yep so last week like Lars was saying last week we did one for the usa that was a lot bigger we had about 60 people um some people did miss that but we're obviously trying to get this to be um
3: yeah can i yeah, just repeat so, Devin, uh Devin, Devin? we're doing twice we're gonna try yeah. to do two two of them right one in u.s time zone, so like mon- normal workouts in the u.s and one over there around australia yep. and new zealand We want to try to cover Europe, but it's so difficult to cover all three because some people will also be online at night or in the day, and then we're cannibalizing between each and one of them. So it's a very difficult thing for us to do without having too many people and too
0: little people. We're still working through this and learning from it. Okay, uh, yeah, so any other questions? We've got about 13 minutes left. Um, Anybody have any other questions? Otherwise I can go on to the next topic. If you have any questions, let us know. Uh, One thing I would like to go into is any other platforms besides Facebook, TikTok that people are running. Um, We see a lot and I don't think a lot of people run it just because it's a little more overwhelming of a platform. Uh, But if you're not running Google, and especially from an e-commerce perspective, you definitely should be. I know a lot of people are not running really that. Pinterest and Snapchat. We don't really run that much um, anymore. Very, very low spend, if anything. Anybody run Twitter in here? We do for one of our clients, Twitter and. Do you? Desk. How does that how does that compare in terms
1: of ROAS for you? Um, it's more brand awareness campaigns on Twitter. Um, Got it. Yep. We don't really go for conversions at our agency for that, um, but for um, Programmatic, uh, Trade Desk in particular, that does pretty well
0: for us. Yeah, Programmatic, is, it does well, you said for Programmatic? Mm-hmm. Really, interesting. What kind of, when you compare that to Facebook, what would you say the difference is in, in terms of like 2X versus 3X from Programmatic to Facebook or Google?
1: We have one client What's, on both Facebook and Trade Desk and mm-hmm. uh, Trade Desk is just about on par, one-to-one.
0: Wow, really? that's pretty unheard of, I think. Honestly, yeah. unless you have really good programmatic buyers, um,
1: I don't do the programmatic buying, but, um, yeah. I think we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Cause I mean, I kind of put programmatic up kind of with Twitter and just dis- display as kind of awareness. So the fact that it's that profitable on part of Facebook is
1: and keep that's in mind, I, I want to trade yeah, desk mix with things like live ramp and get look like. Yep
0: lookalike audiences and yep. you have that capability with Trade Desk. Yep, right, yep. Actually, we were just using LiveRamp for a big CPG brand. Um, so you're running, I mean, I, just the way that you're talking, you're probably running some hefty budgets with that those brands, because I can just tell by the way that you're talking, you're you're dealing with high-level brands.
1: For that particular brand, yes. We deal with yep. some smaller brands as well.
0: Yep, I can tell by you knowing what LiveRamp is, that. That's, that's a bigger brand for sure. Yeah. So
3: talking small brands, chat brand, Brett, do you, do you run anything on Google at all? Or is it totally focused on Facebook mainly? Uh, has that changed? Has it been affected in the same way? Um, uh, what have you seen? Because both of you have you know, opposite uh, curves, going up, going down, so on. Is, is it working on Google? Are you running anything at all?
4: I'm not running on Google. Um, I'm on Pinterest. Um, and Pinterest actually does perform, um, just not at a high budget level. I kind of see it as like a comparable, um, you know, like, just like, kind of like a, a, a side thing that I run, um, that gets results. But if I try to scale it, I haven't had a lot of success. What's your attribution window that you
0: use Chad for Pinterest?
4: Yeah. So that's what I was going to actually mention. Um, it's the 30 day attribution window that I really see like Facebook, it's almost like same you know, same day, seven day, you know, um, the most of my sales come in, but Pinterest, what I find is, um, a lot of people save my pins and then they come back within 30, like three weeks
0: to four weeks. And then they, they, they make, you know, make the purchase. Are you doing 30, 30, 30, or are you doing like 30, 31 to like take out the view?
4: No, I I'm typically looking at, um, one, one, one and 30, 30, 30. So I want to know, okay, how many people are coming in today and actually buying right now? And then if I look at it over a 30 day window, 30, 30, 30, um, my row, it's usually double. So whatever I, so I can kind of get a gauge if my one 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 row as is like two you know uh throughout the course of a week let's say over a 30 day period it's probably going to be four um what so it's it's usually double after at okay. the end of that
0: days. so have you ever looked just to see I'm just curious because this is what we've noticed with Pinterest is just some tips or whatever take it to like the 30 31. And see where see what your revenue dips i'm assuming if i if i was betting guy at the, the the horse bet table i'm going to put that you're going to see a massive drop and i guarantee you are you running retargeting on pinterest uh i
4: not right now but i i have in the past yeah and i just get mixed results with it
0: do you see so do you see a drop in your top funnel with exclusions do you see a huge drop in like it's mainly view attribution, or are you seeing it? It's actually click attribution.
4: Uh, I, you know, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at that. It. Yeah.
0: Look at that. Cause you might be spending money for like, if you're not excluding a lot of that could be just, it's actually retargeting view through attribution. So it's not truly incremental sales. Like right. basically you don't want to optimize towards view through, uh, I would challenge you to look at that and compare, go to a narrow. And see how it changes from engagement and click to view, see what that drop off is. If it's not a lot, then you're doing a good job. But if you see that it drops 70, 80%, what that means is you're probably cannibalizing and those sales were going to, it's basically at that point, it's more than likely unnecessary spend because those sales probably would have happened anyways. Um, but that's where Wicked would come in and be able to show you that now actually they did click. They visited the site twice, but they converted. But we noticed that Pinterest and Snapchat are hog attribution. Like I don't want to say the word because it's a bad word, but bad like they just hog it tremendously (laughs) yeah they did.
4: (laughs) um well you know my my thing with pinterest has always been well do they see it on pinterest and then they actually go click on it on Facebook, or you know, and then they make the sale on Facebook, but then Pinterest takes the credit for it. You
0: know, so it, it's easier to argue if your exclusions are in place. Like if you exclude your entire customer list, 180 days, 300, like 365 day website visitors, that's a little easier to prove. But if you don't have those exclusions in place, you can guarantee that it's optimizing towards visitors and all that kind of stuff. And that's why, that's why your revenue is inflated, um, hundred percent. And I can tell you that there's two things in life that I have learned in the last five years. The people that flex pictures of Google row I go in and I find two conversion actions every single time they don't realize that they have double reporting and people that flex on Pinterest are mainly viewed through attribution like those are the two. (laughs) Well,
4: that's why I'm like, you know, I I really look for like crazy numbers on Pinterest and then I'm like probably doing pretty good, but I take it with a grain of salt because I'm like, I don't think it's really that accurate. Right. And so. just I, go
0: look at what I said to you, and that's going to tell you if it's that'll tell you if it's truly incremental or not. Yeah, cut out the view and look at it on a. I mean, you could even go ninety day click. If you're getting ninety day click, and you're excluding. You know, I don't know what your journey time frame is, but I would look at it from that perspective, and that's going to give you a lot better insight. Cool,
3: Ben, are you running anything on uh,
7: Google? Yeah. Yeah. Google smart shopping. Like I, 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 am not, I'm far from the most technical marketer out there. Like it really is not my expertise and I won't ever sort of admit to it, but um, I'm more of a product guy, but um, I I hired an agency to do some uh, Google shopping ads for us before. And as the Facebook, what we found is as the Facebook spend went down, the performance on the Google shopping campaigns were were, were dropping as well. Yeah. So. Prior to prior to sort of um, hiring that agency, I, I just sort of I checked out a few YouTube videos of how to set up a Google a Google Smart Shopping uh, campaign, and I just refired that one back up. And it's going well. It's you know it's bringing in like it's it, it's a, it's quite small spend, and I know that you can't sort of see where where the sales come from if it's through your brand or um, or. You know what What part of it, google it's actually it's, coming from but it's working yeah. so it's funny
0: you say that ben because leilani is a huge component of that she's got some charts that she's i've seen her build that basically show as facebook revenue drops x percent google performance drops y percent like facebook carries google so much and overall mm. strengthens the store like yeah. tremendous um and I knew it, but I never really actually realized it until we started pulling numbers and we, we went back and we showed like okay when we cut spend here because of performance on Google like look what happens with store revenue and look at these trends. Um, and I would say that we've pretty much proven it out your Facebook revenue or spend is dictating how well that Google performance uh, shows because we can also see that with first click and last click Google closes sales from Facebook. Just because it broadens out, like smart shopping gets everywhere. You know, it's display, Gmail, shopping, you know, even if you're running Performance Max, now it's you're search.
3: Good retargeting one. on brand awareness from Facebook. Yep. All product
0: awareness, yep. right? So yep. it's uh, they're in the same wagon, so to say. One cool yeah, thing so is, I don't know right, if you've right. tried it with, have you tried, then like uh, optimizing? Have you tried with your smart shopping on optimizing towards new purchasers at all? There's a box in the settings you can check, and then you could set a new customer value versus a returning value.
7: I need to go through that again and have a look and see. I can't remember. I set it up such a long okay. time ago. I don't even know sort of what or who it's targeting. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll look into that. Hit, I think
0: hit me up and hit out. me up and I'll show you. But you can like connect it to where it'll actually try to optimize toward the new customers, and then you have a separate CPA value for that versus returning customer value. But then also, and I actually didn't I didn't even realize this until. Uh, the other day from a Google rep but and I probably should have but there's an actual place where you can upload your customer list or select the audience and then it knows okay these purchasers transaction people these are the ones converting um, yeah, I and I don't know when actually. they added that but yep so yeah I, you, I, I, think I,
7: cool.
0: yep, I think I thought it was too but I never noticed that because it's kind of hidden in the conversion settings or whatever um, mm-hmm. But yeah so if you do that and then you go into the settings of the campaign optimize towards a new purchase Set your different values, you might be able to see some um, different swings. And yeah, I also cool. saw that you can run a lot of the brands we run manual shopping with uh, alongside smart shopping. A lot of the times it will spend if the brands are pretty big. Um, and then you can actually now, I started seeing first time that you can actually run some experiments on manual shopping. So you can run, you know, target CPA versus ROAS ads or whatever you want for an experimentation, which is cool.
7: Yeah, we, we set up, um, we just got the looks reviews as well. And we connected that with the Google as well. So Huge. we're actually, you know, we're pulling in like, we, we have like 3000 reviews. So we're, we're yep. destroying, we're just destroying the competitors as far as our reviews go on, on quite a lot of our hero products. Yep. So, um, you know, it's worth, it's worth, worth doing for sure. Do you use the, um, are you running any promotions from the merchant center as well? Do you do any of that stuff? haven't tried that yet,
0: no. Yeah, if you're if you, okay, so if you're running the reviews, definitely look in there's a, under the marketing settings where you enable the programs, there's like a promotions. So then like on the actual shopping ad, you can have like, uh, it'll have another bolded line that will say 25 off of 150 or, you know, if you run a lead in offer, you can put that on there and it'll be highlighted different from your ads. Um, definitely check that out. Cause then you can have it set uh, to expire and have some cool stuff. But that obviously that helps us see a lift in revenue as well along with the reviews which a lot of people don't run yeah so yeah. Uh, any other there's a question here last question and then if, uh there's no more we'll wrap it up what type of Devin had this question what type of pinterest audiences are you having success with
4: is that question to me just to anybody yeah um what I, what I did was I uploaded my customer list of, of purchasers, and then I did a, a act like audience. I think it was ten percent, um, and that's what I just I just let it rip. That's what I've done. Um, hmm. I don't spend too much time on Pinterest, right? Um, most of my focus is on Facebook, um, but that's what worked for me on Pinterest and, and with a small budget. Cool. Where are you located, Chad? I'm in Connecticut, U.S. Connecticut.
0: Any other questions?
4: Yeah, I, I got a. I just got a question. So, um, yeah, what's your opinion? Um, so, I know I need to get onto like TikTok and and maybe Google. If I, if Google you, first. I was gonna say like yeah, so it'd be Google first before TikTok.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know some people might argue that, but. I would say Google for uh, Google is going to provide a lot quicker of an ROI than what TikTok is, unless you have a really standout product flagship for like that just would go viral on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I would say nine <laughs> out of ten, you're gonna be better on Google.
4: Because I kind of need to pick one that I need to focus on here and get ramped up and
0: I rarely see anybody go on Google unless it's like a big, like, you know, involved in some high high-end CPG products that are very competitive in like say the soap space or things of that nature. When it's a low AOV and it's a high competitive, it's hard to get the numbers to back out in the short term. But, you know, those are, you know, average order values of 30, 40 bucks, a lot lower. But if you're running anything with decent uh, numbers on the front end, rarely do I see it not working. Okay, cool. Unless you just got horrible conversion rates and you're, you know your site sucks, but it's pretty, pretty easy to get working. And Craves is a hundred percent easier on Google as well, especially for shopping, like cool. Anything else? Well guys, this is really, really fun. Um, I would love to hear any feedback. Uh, if you guys want to shoot me some messages or any of the team, um, definitely want to do this again. Uh, If you have any topics or kind of things you center around or things that we could do better, I wish we would have got enough people in here to kind of break out, Uh, we did that last week and that was pretty fun. Um, And as we continue on we're going to continually improve this but we're aiming to do this every for sure once a month, uh, ideally every three weeks so. um, Trying to get all of this rolling again so it's a lot funner when we get people that join and want to participate for sure so it's not just me i'm pretty but i'm not that pretty to look at all day so. Thanks, guys. Appreciate
1: it. Take care. Thank you. Later.